neighbors to slide that exist the companies or respective companies which these individuals are affiliated or have been previously affiliated. The program's participants' opinions and content are based upon information they consider reliable, but neither family flavors to slide WBN Inc. nor its affiliates warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be considered as such. All rights to the media broadcasted on this platform belong solely to the copyright owners of said media. Family flavors to slide WBN Inc. and its affiliates do not make claims to own the media broadcasted on our network. Welcome to Rachel's Roundtable. Today is unusual and it's special because what I'm doing is I'm here today with Carmel O'Sullivan and we are in her podcast. I know it's the ultimate (laughs) behind the scenes look, feel and hearing of what it's like to be interviewed. So today I am not interviewing anyone. Don't leave, though. I'm being interviewed. So some of you who follow Rachel's Roundtable, you're going to find out some things that you did not know about me. Shh. Don't tell. I'm teasing. You can share the you can share the broadcast with someone else if you like. So I want you to meet my friend Carmel O'Sullivan and we're going to get into some matters of the heart. Hi everyone. I'm Carmo Sullivan. I'm I call myself the heart to heart medium. And um, I'm a healer. I do healing work, bioenergetic therapy, Reiki, healing touch, certified in that. And I also believe words can heal people. And through that, I have found that we need to live in the heart center more. And I'm looking for interesting people who've had extraordinary experiences and who come through and become their best selves. And with that right now, Rachel is one of the people I was drawn to. I've known Rachel for about five years. I connected to you because of Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, I look at people's energy and find out how, um, if I want to meet them. And Rachel was, yeah, I, I read energy. I mean, everybody I meet, I can feel their energy. I actually feel their energy before I see them. That's interesting. Yeah. So you get strong impressions about... Very much so. And, you know, it's funny is I trust my gut on most things. And even the people I feel like, ooh, you know, I lean into them because I might want to hear a story of theirs, that why they are the way they are. And I do believe... Um, when you live in the heart center, you have to come to the center and look at people um, for their challenges, who makes, what makes them up. Mm-hmm. And some people who are the grumpy ones, I look at why they're grumpy, you know, like, okay, why is this guy angry today? Must be having a bad day, because really, we all come in with the loving spirit and through our life experiences, the filters, the um, programming we learn, um, and the experiences, that shifts 
and makes us. So once we recognize those things, what we can do is find out how to change them if they don't serve us well in our heart. So an unhappy person can choose to be happy if they recognize who they are and they can shift their mind and decide, you know what, I'm tired of this unhappy stuff, no more. So with that, you make a point of moving in a happy direction. Um, so with that, um, I, I just wanted to talk to you today because you've really been in a, I would say a hard year, 2021, very hard. And mm-hmm. we're not alone. I mean, um, you were affected by COVID. Right. And you are a strength. That's what the first thing I saw about you is your strength and your soft heart. And she's not afraid to be vocal on her opinions, but yet kind. So with that, I'm drawn to that. I love strong women. I get that. Um, but I would love to find out kind of like, you know, why why are you running for – she's running for HD17, by the way, which is um, – Colorado House of Representatives, you guys. I hope she may – I hope she wins. I support her on this. And um, – but your backstory. Give me a little of your backstory. I've got a lot of backstory. I'm, I'm not even sure how far back we should go, but um, – I really, I have been in this area in Colorado Springs most of my life. So I just absolutely adore our region. And um, I've been here a long time. It's kind of weird uh, just seeing the growth and the change, some of what it's brought with it. This is not the Colorado Springs that I grew up in. The Colorado Springs that, that I grew up in Airport really went to the airport, although it was Shrievers. Oh, my God, that's um, true. <laughs> Academy really went to the Academy. Uh, and Powers didn't have anything on it. <clears throat> that's how long. Kind of a dirt road probably, yeah, huh? Yeah, that's how long I've been here. When all of the houses and our famous sprawl showed up on, on Powers, it was, kind of, it was kind of a surprise for most Where of us who had been live? here. How far out are you? Mm-hmm, but I had a pretty problematic upbringing in that, you know, I was in a single parent home and all of us were very bright, but we were also undisciplined and absolute fools for children. And I was probably <coughs> the biggest nut. So um, when I... The biggest I was, challenge to your mom, you mean? Oh my God. I, I, <laughs> I know that she's sitting somewhere like, I'm just glad I made it alive with that fool. <laughs> I was always into something highly creative, sometimes in the wrong way. <laughs> I remember wanting to make movies and the, you know, in the, in like, um, over, you know, where the Manitou Caves are and, you know, we're with kids exploring that, that's not, wasn't necessarily the best idea and, you know, some, some things that arose out of that, <laughs> you know, or. She's telling her deep, dark secrets. Oh my God. I was a hot mess at school. I was in the office all the time, you know, just. I think um, I was kind of free-spirited, and that doesn't necessarily work in the school system. Were you like a free, like a rule breaker? Oh, God, constantly. In fact, in some ways, I still am. I like rules to a certain extent, but if I feel like a rule is unfair, I'm, oh. I'm that person who's just like, can we change the rule? I think this may be what set me on the legislator path because I I would just be like, I don't know what I think 
of these rules. So here I am. I'm in this family, single mom. Mom's working and going to school. The kids kind of have the rule of the house. I'm supposed to be the responsible one. Are you and the I, oldest? I am. Uh-oh. And I was anything but responsible, to be perfectly honest. Kids? So there were just three of us in our household when we were growing up. And uh, we, we were absolutely a hot mess. Thank goodness for a neighborhood where other people took interest in us. Oh. And um, for the most part, we're, we're fairly kind because it was the 70s, you know, and going into the early 80s. And it was very interesting because here we are, we're in the middle of this neighborhood and there's pretty much nobody else black in it. So we've got like the spotlight on us wow. all of the time. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. I do understand. And that yeah. was a little weird and different. And, you know, we were pretty determined to be ourselves. And so I guess that's what that's what we were doing. But it was kind of, you know, um, you know, you know, plotting through school and, and so on and so forth. And and, and you know probably forming the personality that, you know, we see as often as we do now that is I, I may or may not take the imposed structure. <laughs> I, I completely admit to that. Some people are like, how's that going to be a good lawmaker? Because sometimes our structure doesn't work. Well, I really feel you leave from your heart first off. Because I don't think, I think you connect to your heart first and, and decide, okay, is this really fair for the, the good of all? And what's hurting here? What's wrong? That's what I love about you. Because you're you. not afraid to step into the arena and say, stop, this is not right. Let's take a look at this. And that's the, the thing I think is one of your greatest strengths. Thank you. That's really kind. Well, I am hoping so because I'm, I'm not a professional politician. Thank God. And I'm sure some of my opponents are going to be like, she's not a professional <laughs> politician. <laughs> Absolutely true. I'm completely guilty of not being a professional politician. I'm a relationship person. I love that. And so um, trust was hard for me as a child. Trust was hard for me as an adult. And I think a lot of that is just some of the things that happen in an environment that, you know, maybe just doesn't, you know, quite have everything that you would want in it or doesn't have the structure you would want in. Because without a dad and mom gone at work or school, we... You're on your own. Yeah. And, you know, when you're 12 or 13, you know, the, the things you may think mm-hmm. to do or choose to do may not be the best choices. I bet she has a lot of fun stories. But I have many, many interesting well, stories, but I won't be telling any of those today. <laughs> I, I, I want to ask you a question because what I find about you and what I interpret on my energy field is that you love yourself I, I and you try. accept yourself. That was Would work. that be accurate? I think it is, but you don't even understand the work. Oh. Y'all, I've been to therapy so much. <laughs> but, you know, loving yourself, is it's, it's probably one of the scariest things first off to do. Mm-hmm. And I feel the biggest thing I like to teach my clients who struggle in love matters and valentine's day here we are talking love but i feel like um the most important thing we can do to teach our children and to teach ourselves is to love ourselves first and to honor ourselves so we make the best decisions in life and we don't get taught that a lot of times no we don't get taught (laughs) let's tell the truth as women we don't get taught no we're the worst women we're so judgmental on ourselves Mm -hmm. and i hate that because you know um the one thing I know for sure is if most people saw how they 
saw their thoughts outside of themselves and how they talked to themselves, they wouldn't be their own best friend. Absolutely. You know? Um, we're, we're abusive to our own Very much. And once you figure that out, mm -hmm. you gotta, that's when you can stop and back up and say, okay, Karn, I've learned this. Uh, get out of your head. That's stupid. That's your ego talking. Mm -hmm. Keep you down. So I'm like, we'll, we'll ditch the childhood things. Like most people, I walked into the major relationship of my life somewhat healed, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But also quite a few things that needed fixing. And nothing will let you know what you need to fix about yourself faster than getting married. Oh, my gosh. It's true, true, mm -hmm. true statement. So I married the love of my life, mm. and I just thought we were going to float on a cloud somewhere, and our children were just going to fall into line <laughs> and be wonderful. And it was like all hell broke loose. Every type <sighs> of chaos you could imagine kind of just moved into the house with us. And so I spent probably the first couple of years of being married being a complete fool and being in complete blame. It's his fault, it's him, it's the kids, it's them, damn it, it's the dog. <laughs> I'm not even sure I like this house we built. I was everything that is a definition of hot mess. If we looked in the dictionary, <laughs> we would see hot mess, and then we would see my picture from the Gazette. Rachel was hot mess. I a love hot that you mess. admit that. And, um, and I didn't know I was a hot mess. I was convinced it was everyone else. This is the kind of stuff that, that I think that we just we go through. It's it's what society tells us. And and it was like one day I got out of bed and I just heard a little whisper like, Girl, if you don't stop. Who where did that come from? Your higher self, maybe? I think so. I love I that. looked around the room like, That's it, I finally cracked up. Who's talking to me? <laughs> and I kinda I kinda sat down because <clears throat> it startled me. And then I, I did the crazy thing. I answered. Oh, I love that. I, I just answered like, well, how do I fix it? And I had the epiphany. You're going to have to work on yourself. Leave these people alone to be who they are. Stop judging them. Stop with all the rules. Stop with all the fuss. Sit down and consider what am I doing to contribute to this? Yeah, what part of me is in this mess? And <clears throat> it, was a, it was a changing day in my whole life. Wow. And, you know, I, I went to therapy, so I'm sitting in front of the therapist like, I know I'm a mess, but somehow that mess is showing up in my house every day mm. with the other people that I live with. And she kind of smiled and said, well, if we work on you and you get to a place of calm, maybe calm will show up in your household as well. The peace in the heart, the mm -hmm. calm in the heart. Yeah, so um, I had to admit some things, you know what yeah. I mean? I had to admit about things I was carrying. I had to admit about some things I was doing. I had, I had to admit to being kind of a control freak because I was scared. I married the love of my life and I was so excited about it, but I was so scared I don't know if I was scared. Listen, this is how ridiculous I was. I had a house when we got married. Uh -huh. We built our house. We built my dream house. We moved into it. I kept the other house. So if I didn't, so if it didn't work out, I could move back you into it. You had one foot out the door already. That's not trust, y'all. No, you weren't trusting yourself and you weren't trusting him. That's nope. for sure. And the kids, well, you know, they was kids. So 
Well, I, don't, I, I don't know how trustworthy <laughs> children are, but, you know, that's that's like a whole well, discussion for a different day. That's a whole other layer of energy in the right. home. You know, I think the first year of marriage for anybody is hell. And if you get through that, hopefully, you know, you can make it through the next seven and then you have the next challenge, I call it. Sure. But yeah. once I finally just decided if I leave him to be responsible for his faults, and I take responsibility for my own faults in in working on whatever with me, maybe we can have some balance show up. And that is indeed what happened. Oh, my gosh. I, I love how you talk about that because, to me, you went deep. Mm-hmm. And you owned, you, you owned your own, excuse me, shit. Real talk. Sorry. I, I had to. Yeah, because, you know, it was I think that a die. the hardest thing for people to do is to go in, let their ego go, and go to their heart center and say, okay, really, what is, what am I doing here that's causing this? Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest thing is to confront yourself. And, and really, admitting I'm scared all the time, because that's what it was. I was scared all the time. And, you I'm know, not I'm, worthy? I, Were you thinking I'm not worthy for him to be with me? No, I actually thought he wasn't worthy to be with me. <laughs> this is this is the stuff I had to fix. Oh, my <laughs> God. I love it. I was it. with a wonderful man and didn't know it because I was off in left field like I, I don't know what I thought I deserved. But when you're in that control space... Yeah. And you're scared and you're, you're like pushing back the people who love you and you love them because you're not in the deep down precipices you need to make sure they feel the same way you do and it was just it was a hot mess um, and, and so um, that first time in therapy was just the consideration what if I stop blaming these people yeah so I started <clears throat> letting go of that's like okay let me stop blaming them. What what can I do to learn how to be happy in my day? And what can I do about being afraid all of the time? So I I prayed about it. I mm. I I tried to find things that would be about the opposite. What would it be like if I were courageous? What would it be like if I felt safe? What did I want? I tried to create the picture in my head of what I wanted instead of going, I don't want that. Uh, You know, I hated blah, blah, blah from my childhood. I don't want that. I hated this experience or I hated how this person victimized me. And, And just like beginning to do that, I just watched some things. It was quiet. It was like the ripple effect. Well, you know, it's funny. You're describing, you know, energy, hate, the energy of hate and the things you hate has a low vibration. And when you bring yourself out of that and say, I'm going to start loving things that I may hate, um, it raises your vibration and people follow you when you raise your vibration. I hadn't thought of it that way, but when I think about it, I do feel like that's a lot of what happened. So then... I started realizing I have these smart kids and, you know, they're kind of neat people. And, um, you know, um, you know, maybe I could be less hard on them. And I was I had this whole, oh, my God, they're they're going to be bad. I've got to protect them from this and I've got to protect them from that. And instead, you know, 
I would turn off Disney. Girl, I was scared Disney, Disney? was a bad girl. Well, I w- Phoebe's listen. mother did die, you know, that first scene. I'm just saying. <laughs> I was like, you know, this will be a bad influence. I, I started leaving those children alone. And and sometimes if I walked up there watching something crazy, I walked in on them. And in this movie, you know, there's a stripper on the pole and she ain't got no clothes on and all the rest of that. And I sat down on the couch and was like, so if you went with your guy friends to something like this, what do you think is happening? And we had this whole crazy, insane conversation about, well, what are strip cups like? Do you know what I mean? I do, that you had a real conversation with them. With my... Bring them into the reality of what it really is, not on the TV. Right, right. Is that, you know, is that the relationship you want to bring to the person that you marry? Mm-hmm. You know, so we started doing things like that. And honestly, I could feel things in the house getting calmer. And then Keith always would make jokes about everything. So that's... <laughs> His contribution was keeping us laughing all of the time. And and I just um, began to accept them a little bit more. And our conversations and really just interaction in general became more real and became better. And, you know, we're talking about a process that's over, you know, multiple years. Oh, yeah. Right? You know, and every time we would have something that was a major disturbance with a family member, I saw it different. Like, okay, maybe it's not just that person maybe it's all of us mm-hmm. and we all can kind of you know um learn some things cuz we adopted someone and he came out of a really problematic situation mm-hmm. a situation that was like drug dealers and stuff oh, and gosh. you know he'd been bounced we were like the maybe the 7th or 8th foster home wow <laughs> and so um he came in and at first it brought a lot of chaos but we we kind of started getting maybe it's what we're all thinking maybe it's all our reaction maybe we're all just jumping into the pit instead of walking around the damn thing so um you know i was telling someone today those years taught me so much about how completely and utterly ridiculous it is to try to control other people when the way we have to work within relationships is to influence and occasionally to persuade yeah but it can't come from a core of you can't do this and let me tell you i'm gonna control is it doesn't work mm -mm. it doesn't work because it's just the fear again well it's the year the yin and the yang so when you try to control somebody somebody's going to do exactly opposite of what you're trying to ask to do I, i i always say to my my family and my clients is you only have a six-foot border around you, and that's all you can control in your day. Mm-hmm. So all you can do is hope for the best and put your faith out there. Um, I never, I slept very easily when my children were out as teenagers driving because could I control the situation? No. no. And so my biggest thing was I need my sleep, so if something does happen, I need to be able to uh, think clearly instead of worrying. And so the man would stay awake all night waiting, <laughs> and I like a baby. But, you know, I think letting go of control is one of the biggest yeah. things you can do to live a better life. Yeah, and, and you know, <coughs> that's a process. It's literally the it opposite of the programming we're all given as mm-hmm. women. It's literally the opposite. You know, and sometimes to be like, well, either you're going to do right or you're not. Yeah. I used to, it got to the point when I, I realized I was getting better when I would be like, 
you know what? It kind of is what it is. So if you create something, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the hubby would get told this. If you create something, I'm going to leave you with the responsibility of managing what you've created. What we're not going to do is create something stupid and then tell Rachel to fix it. Yeah. Because that just, it's, it's not helpful. And I've noticed everybody managed themselves better. They managed themselves better than I ever could have managed them. You set up the communication and you set up the expectation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was no control. It's like, this is what we expect. Mm-hmm. You're on your own, but guess what? This, this is, is you. Yeah. This is you. And if you make stupid decisions, then the, then the cleanup on your stupid decisions belongs to you. I love that. As a, I mean, as a mom, that's the biggest thing. It's hard to let go of the control mm-hmm. and allow them to uh, grow their wings. Mm-hmm. And they're going to fail. And it's okay they fail because they learn. And you laugh about it later when they're about 20 years older. Mm-hmm. But... Um, I was going to, I wanted to get back to Keith because, um, yeah, I know everyone knows, everyone knows. And, you know, so Rachel was very affected during COVID. Um, Keith passed away from COVID. Is that correct? It's deeper than that. When we go to the very beginning of COVID, he'd been at a job over 20 years, boom, laid off overnight, Mm -hmm. complete identity crisis for him. Oh, right. In addition to boom, all that income is gone. Right. The big shock. But fortunately, at the time, um, I just was like, we're paying off everything and we're consolidating. And literally, don't laugh at me, but what I did with him, because he he was not pleased and pretty upset. Well, his ego was... was pretty bruised. Yeah. So I said, go with your guys. They, they were going to go on a fishing trip in Nebraska. Oh, I they love going, that. They were going to Lake McConaughey. I said, please go to Lake McConaughey and when you come back, leave all that. I'm the victim. I'm hurt. I'm not going to have enough. Leave all that there. Thank you. Catch you some big fish and leave all have that there. Fun. And Let when you get back, we will we will transition into our new life so while he was gone i paid off everything that i could find and you know i had this habit i would save money and it'd be over here i'd have little pots of this and that and we had a third (laughs) car sold it and i mean when he got back i was like your finances are together and i want you to go look at your credit score and he was like wow wow and wow i'm like bruh i i from today our retirement is going to be wonderful could have been the best thing that happened to him because you know what think about that time he had to spend without the worry absolutely yeah absolutely and i mean we did things with the kids and we traveled some and you know um and and it was it was actually really nice we helped with um you know uh some friends that were putting together a new business and we just you know deepened community ties and really it turned into something wonderful but most people looking at it initially you lose a six-figure job and your whole life goes under well and you know it's all because for, yeah. of the fear yeah and the because fear, of the fear is, is the lowest form of energy or not probably the lowest but it's close to the lowest mm-hmm. and it can stop you dead in your tracks yeah so um so the first thing that happened was the layoff and <coughs> we did everything <coughs> we could do to transform that but see this is after years of thinking differently Mm -hmm. right and 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 saying you know what can i do 
that's positive in the situation. So unfortunately, with the health things that kind of all happen, you know, with um, being surrounded with COVID and having a shelter in place and all the rest of that, we, um, you know, we got to the point where he was in the hospital and that was, that it was a lot. It was a lot. He was because in the hospital because of COVID. Is that because correct? of COVID. Right. Well, he he what he didn't initially have COVID to tell you the truth. Oh. As far as what we knew, he'd gone to the hospital for what should have been small. It should have been just um, like antibiotics, literally. Oh. Like antibiotics, and he'd been there a few days, and they're like, he has COVID, and we were like, hmm? really? <clears throat> okay. <laughs> and then all the rules changed. You know. They went into this whole mode where they separated him from everyone. And that was the beginning of the end. Because what I learned is that the hospital is where people <coughs> need their family the most. Yes. But there's the so much fear around COVID that they they cut him off from everyone. Oh my. You had to wear a whole hazmat suit to have an hour and we were rotating that hour among family members. And we couldn't get anybody to budge on it, even though it's the most unreasonable rule I've ever heard in my life. You know, it's sad because you're not the only story I've heard that way. Yeah. And it's just... I'm hearing it a lot. And... and um, Wasn't handled well. No. No, it was not handled well at all. And so, because I'm kind of that <coughs> quizistential rule breaker... When I'd gotten to the absolute end on the rule, I'm just going to admit it. I went, I went to Memorial and I was like, I want an eyes on welfare check mm -hmm. of my husband. You know, I'm hearing that he's not eating. Matter of fact, I'm also hearing that he's not being bathed. The number that uh. I heard on not being bathed was 11 days. And then nobody can tell me the last time that he ate. And that is unacceptable. And somebody's going to do something now. The shock of my life. I'm surrounded with security guards, six. Who all want to arrest you because you're there? Drag me out of the building. <gasps> tell oh me. Oh, my gosh. And, and, and I just, I literally, I called 911. I put the phone on. And I just, I'm, you know, this poor dispatcher <laughs> is probably like, oh, my God, this woman's nuts. I was like, I am at the hospital, and I am scared of these people. These people are crazy. But if it's going down like that, go ahead and send the police because somebody getting their ass whooped today. I told him, I'm not leaving this spot. This is my husband in here. Yeah. I'm not leaving this spot. And so whoever wants to step up can get slapped first. We wow. Gonna, if we're going to fight, we're going to fight on Facebook Live and all of Colorado Springs going to see it because that's where we're going. She has a lot of followers. I said no. I didn't just say no. I said hell no. We, we are not. It, it, was, it was the craziest thing. And, and you know, um, I didn't enjoy the energy of that because I was scared. I'm like, am I really going to have to fight these Did people? Did you feel like almost out of body when that was happening? Yeah. I felt, I could feel that. I've been in a situation like that where you know it's something that you didn't expect and you're fighting for something that's important and and heartfelt fighting you know there's 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 some piece of that that you know was dangerous and then i remember one security guard they were like you know you need to talk to her you know you're black and he walked up and he said you know what is the problem so i told him the problem and he just said and they expect you to leave i said they expect me to leave he said it's a black woman and you really expect to leave a husband he said i'm out he walked away. I love that he, he man. He walked away from me. He said, Amen. He said not me. I'm not doing any of this. Well, it, it, it's so absurd what, 
what people were having to enforce. Mm -hmm. And um, all, all I wanted was to see him. Yeah. All I wanted to do was hold his hand and Make give sure him he's okay. some reassurance. And truthfully, I was trying to get him to like, please, baby, this ventilator stuff. Was he on a ventilator then? I'm so sorry. Babe, please don't do this. I've, you know, heard that it's not exactly an enhancement to your it breathing. It was, yeah, there was a lot of things they did not do and did not know. So there's... No one... Shoulda, coulda was. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm not in blame about any of that. But the entire experience... I find I had to go somewhere and and sit down, you know. Um, the police did indeed come, but they came out to support me with my welfare check request. Thank you. God. And they told the hospital, they're like, "You guys are nuts." Yeah. We're not arresting her. We're looking at you kind of strange because you've got all these people and her. Do you understand what you look like? So. They began facilitating something where we could, you know, at least find out what was going on to a certain extent. And then um, I shared the experience and people just lost it completely. So here I am. My husband's in the hospital. Memorial's getting calls from their people on their staff, people on the inside. Facebook people all taking a, st you know, yeah. stop. People really... I've never seen an outpouring of caring like that. Never. It was stunning to me. And and finally, it went all the way up to, you know, like Congress. Wow. It went all it went that far. Really? It, yeah, it um and the congressman's office called memorial. And the next day everything was different. Oh. It was phenomenal, and and I and I've kind of started understanding something about people and trust, mm -hmm. connection, faith. You know, I was not going to win any of that with getting in to see him. I know people who literally had to go get their darling out of the pine box. The next day. They were letting me into the ICU. I could see them through the glass. You mm -hmm. know, they were, did Zoom things. They started letting us communicate. They started doing, you know, like conference calls with us and the doctors. They finally started being forthcoming about information. And, you know, you know, it was, it was dire. But I felt like we were able to access him, you know, more. Um, you know, but unfortunately, at the end of that week, on Father's Day, he died, and and I was with him, and um, Thank you. Uh, that's a blessing. I'm so thankful that I was with him. You know, I could hold his hand, and um, I knew that he was leaving. I could see, I could see the light leaving. Do you understand? I do understand that as a I, medium. I could see that. I, I'm, you're getting me. <laughs> um, but I have to tell you about what happened in that moment. Please, I'd love that to is hear so. Unusual and strange. So I'm I'm sitting with him, and of course I'm upset, you know. And I I I see this. I get the light is leaving, and I'm holding his hand. I'm locked in his face, and I said, "Baby, I'm here. I told you I'd be here until this. I've kept that promise, okay?" And he just, you know, you could see that that was the end of it, right? And then 
peace hit me like a wave. Wow. I've, I've never felt anything like this before. It was like, it was like God entered the room. I'm getting so much goose right now. My head is vibrating. I'm sorry. No, I love it. I, but, I, to me, it to me, but it's I have such to, a validation. I have, um, I'm a traditional Christian type person. I've heard about the peace that passes understanding, but I'm telling you, I'd, I'd never experienced it because I'm a mom. I was a professional warrior, right? Mm-hmm. When the peace hit, I'm not talking about numbness. I'm not talking about coldness. I'm talking about the kind of quiet, you know, um, quiet and and understanding and acceptance. So here I am. I've got other family members in the room, and they're hysterical. They're wailing. They're screaming. They're on the ground. They're... And I'm picking up people, and I'm hugging them, and they're going, what is that? Wow. I had one of the strongest experiences with spirit I've ever had in my life. The people all trying to do the resuscitation, I was like, look, we're, we're done. Yeah. Take these tubes out. You know, you know, closing his eyes, take the stuff out. They're like, it'll squirt. I'm like... Just do it. Thank you. Yeah. This was a proud man, and I want him to have dignity in this moment. And um, I didn't understand it, but I said to my children, I'm not with this outcome, but the thing I know is that this is the moment where we need to acknowledge God's plan is better. Oh, I love that. Did you feel the love in that room? Was it love, what you were feeling that came over you, the wash? Love, peace, um, but it was so quiet. Almost like, like you were floating maybe a little bit? I don't even know. I, um, I try to think about it because it's my go-to quiet place like if I'm getting really frantic now I kind of I go I remember when everything stopped and things got quiet and my mind was quiet and clear and you know I was in that acceptance and I, I just feel like I feel like heaven hushed wow as he walked into it oh and in that moment, we have that in the room because everybody got quiet. So I'm hugging, you know, the kids, and I'm going to call your spouses because y'all are beside yourself, and you definitely can't drive your cars. So let me attend to that. And I walked up, and the chaplain was like, he just he kept looking at me. Like you should be a mess. Yeah. You know what you were with the calm in the storm. You had to be that central focal point to be the calm so the whole room could could follow you. Your energy, everybody followed. Yeah, and this chaplain was like, honor. are you okay? I said, I am. And I said really quietly, blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah, I would tell you. And people up and down this hall started screaming and crying. 
And it was like spirit was walking around in the hospital. I've never, you know, and and um, and I started calling people and kind of just attending to the kids, and 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 it was like I get that that happened. So I went actually went back in the room, and I laid on the bed with him for a while, um, to be able to say my goodbye. And and he he seemed very peaceful, like uh, he was asleep, and so. Um, as we began kind of unfolding the rest right. of, of what we had to and truthfully calming some of the community down because there were some there were some things I mean the sheriff called me at one point like Rachel people are threatening to burn down the hospital can you oh boy. can you go on Facebook live and calm people down and I was like okay we can we, we can try to do that um, I feel like what I learned in that moment is that the moments that break your heart if you will dare, you can let your heart break open. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, and, and the love that is beyond what you have can pour into a situation. Wow. Does this that make a, sense? Yes, it does. It really. Because that's oh. truly, that is truly what happened. And even crying, thinking about it, I'm not crying because it's hurtful to me. I'm still in awe of the encounter I had with the living God. Think so. Being in that beautiful presence, death is as close to you to life, birth, and I think it's even more beautiful because you're there because you know Jesus, God is going to come take this beautiful soul up, and He's in the room reaching out for him along with family members who also have passed on. Right. And it was just, um, it was kind of, um, kind of awe-inspiring. Yeah, uh, I get that. And I, and I don't know what I really thought death was going to be. Because, see, I'm that person. I don't go to funerals. <laughs> I be, I, you know what well, I'm saying? You know? I, be, I be avoiding all of that like, the plague, right? Yeah, I, here I've, you are I've, in the all midst my of life, it. All, all my life, and I'm in the middle of this, and this happens. And the other thing that was kind of wild, we did, um, you know, a viewing a few days later, and everybody who walked into the room just did this. They did the same thing because it was very clear that he was smiling. Oh, it I was love very that. clear. And everybody who looked in just was like, "Did they do that?" I asked. The personnel, because you know they have they to fix do the body, the body yeah. and blah blah blah. They're like, no, he was like that. Oh, well, you know, they go to this beautiful place. Heaven. No more pain. No more pain. Right, because he spent years, you know, with with, um, you know, the kind of problems that you know you have when you don't take care of your body. Oh yeah. Because he just didn't know young. You know, and when I met Keith, Keith was over 300 pounds. Really? Mm-hmm. And, wow. And so, like, the Keith that most people met that was, you know, anywhere from 150 to, you know, pounds less than what he was when we met were just like, that's how much you used to weigh? You know, he that's just... That's amazing. So, um, those initial things, um, you know, and losing the weight and all the rest of the things that happened through the years of just leaving the man alone to be himself, to be truthful, and not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And learning how to do that, you know, 
giving him responsibility for anything that could be considered a fault. He'd go fix it himself instead of, you know, me being somewhere being naggy wife. And this is why so many times relationships don't work for people. Women go into these relationships and they're they, going to fix them. They're going to fix them. They're going to fix them. I got it. These other women didn't know how to handle him, but I got this. Uh, yeah, I'm going to fix him. I fixed nothing. I left him alone. You accepted him. To be himself. And the next thing I know, he's improving <clears throat> things and doing things. But he never did get fully well, right? And, and um, you know, this situation with the COVID and some of the other things, you know, sneaking up and, you know, all the rest of it, he wasn't going to get well. And And I think I understand. If I had a choice between, you know, Consi- you know, staying here and, or and being really, really bad or mm-hmm. leaving, mm-hmm. I would leave. Oh, and what and you get to feel that up there when you're mm-hmm. in the process of, of moving on and moving up, you I, feel the energy up there and you want it. The light is, is I, so beautiful. I'm convinced that's what happens because I remember praying and, and literally like, I don't even know how many thousands were praying. It literally became overwhelming the amount of love that was poured towards us with people here in the community. And I remember just being like, um, you know, going, okay, we're kind of going to rally around um, the Lord's Prayer, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh your will be done on earth as it is is in in heaven heaven. so when i'm in this room and all of a sudden heaven's in the room Mm -hmm. do you understand i do understand that completely i can feel it i was like oh this is what we asked for you know and it was it was startling it was very very startling the way the way that that showed up so i came out of it with a sense of hope mm-hmm. um, that was stronger than anything that's ever happened to me hope. in my life. And I miss him. I miss him. It's Valentine's Day and you he's know He's wishing you love. I can feel that right now. Oh yeah. Because I feel like he he's really handing you those little candy hearts with the little sayings <laughs> on them. I feel that too. <laughs> oh. He really valued me. Really well, he, valued me and really loved me because he'll I... He'll give you a sign today if he hasn't already. Mm-hmm. I believe that. He's not missing Valentine's. And 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 sometimes he does show up. I've got to tell you this one story and you'll probably laugh. So <laughs> I, I set up a memorial um, fund, not because I needed any help with anything. I literally paid for the funeral the day after he died. I was like, I went in. Done. Please just... I don't want to think about that part anymore. So I did that the first day. But I set up this memorial fund with the intent of doing things that would be tributes with young musicians. So I set aside oh. funds to be able to, to you know, maybe foster some. Um, the, um, the conservatory, you know, I'm trying to sponsor, you know, some of the young musicians in that setting maybe so I- that they can use their talents to escape the hood the way Keith did because well, he was, was an extraordinary say- musician. BTW, back mm-hmm. block for a second. I don't think a lot of people who don't know you that you and Keith sung in oh, your yeah. own band That's together true. called Fat Daddies, P H A T, Daddy. And you had quite a following in the community and in Denver. Yeah. So music is one of your gifts. Yeah. So today, 
Okay, you know, we had to go back to the story. Mm -hmm. I'm squirreling for a second. Okay, so, so okay, so, so when I set up the memorial account, somebody sent me a large check, and I went to deposit the check. I walk into Ant Federal Credit Union, and I'm standing at the counter, and I hear "Let's Get It On," which was one of his favorite songs to sing. And I'm at the counter, going, "Am I crazy? They don't play music like that in here." So I'm completely confused, like. Where is this music coming from? So the teller in front of me laughs and says, we were so bored today. So we've got Bluetooth going and we've got the speaker with this over here. And I said, okay. So I'm, I'm, I'm taking out this check, I'm signing it, I'm giving it to the teller. The next song was I Want You Back. And this teller starts <laughs> oh. dancing. Because there's this kind of this favor, this part in um, I Want You Back where there's, you know, the point and oh, then yeah. the thing with yeah, the yeah. head and, you know, it's an <laughs> iconic thing. So he's laughing, doing that. Yeah, this step, blah, blah, blah. People in his bank start dancing. I thought I was in a scene from a movie. All these people are dancing <laughs> because dance. he was dancing. And they're all laughing. And this was like one of Keith's absolute favorite songs to sing. And I said, okay, baby, I see you. There's always, and I will say this, for people who have lost their loved ones, they will send you signs, symbols, and just greatness from them if you're open to see it and not think, oh, that's just a coincidence, because mm -mm. there are no coincidences in my, no, no. my mind. Here I am putting away this, these funds for the musicians. and He's thanking you. And and this is the crazy thing. So every once in a while, you know, I'm I'm in end and, and they're at it with the Bluetooth again, this particular one on Galley. But not like that day. People literally were dancing in line and laughing and poking each other and having conversations and just, I don't know, remembering things about the song. So, um, yes, the death is hard. Yes, the loss is difficult. And, yes, we're talking about life change Overnight, Up to this point, I lived in our house with him. We had some of our grandchildren, and all of that changed overnight. Right. So I'm alone in the house with the dog. What did you say earlier, which I love the statement you made, hmm. about being, um, you had to learn how to be with you again. Oh. That, to me, was my favorite thing you said. I mean, Me with the dog? <laughs> I haven't been just me in a long time. Yeah. And let me tell you why. Because when you marry someone and you have a family and you're raising a family, or in my case, really two sets of kids, because I raised the first set and then found myself with the second set of necessity, and I'm so glad I did it because they're wonderful people and they would not have been nurtured in the way maybe they that they needed um, at the time, because their mom had them um, very young. So it was, uh, I haven't been just me for a long time. It every, almost every thought in my head was, what am I going to do for the kids? Who's going to the activity? Right. What does Keith need to do? What's happening the with the band? You're the last priority. Absolutely. The last one, you know, that I would get to, maybe. I'm just being truthful because... Oh, I love that. I mean, I, we are all that way. A lot of us live that life for a long time. And it's not sometimes the best way to do things. So I was kind of in this, you know, in this growth phase before, 
Keith passed of kind of trying to go, what am I going to be next mm-hmm. or what am I going to do next? And thinking about things for myself. So, you know, I was blessed with, you know, the column at the Gazette and being able to share thoughts, which was amazing to me. I'm like, God, this many people are like reading my thoughts because I knew they were. I would be somewhere in the market or something and somebody would walk up to me and be like, you're Rachel. And I would be like, most of the time. Occasionally, <laughs> I'm someone else. <laughs> but that's my evil twin. And they would laugh. <laughs> I'm laughing. Um, but I hadn't been just me. I My whole life revolved around everyone else but me. And so to suddenly go overnight to... Just Rachel. Just me? Mm-hmm. I, I, I was like, what am I going... What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Now... The GOP has been asking me to run for five years. Doesn't surprise me. And I, I got up one morning, and I, I called them back, and I said, I think I'm ready. And so the person on the phone was like, even now? I'm like, especially now. I have the time. I have the funds. And I have the same desire to serve that I always have. I'm an acts of mm-hmm. service person. For those of you who do love language, I'm an acts acts of, of you know service mm-hmm. person. I so love that. that's how I tell someone I love them. You know, uh, I'm learning that sometimes From you got to f- yeah five the five signs, love languages. Yeah, five yeah, love yeah. Yes. You know, um, <coughs> you know, some people are quality people's time. You know, some people are they really need affirming words you know some people really need physical touch some people love 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 gifts you know um, but i'm not any of those i'm that acts of service tell them that you person. love them yeah so um i have always loved this community and felt connected to it but i always had the constraints of taking care of people. this many other people in my everyday and so, you know, by only having the completely crazy dog, feel free to come get him, y'all. That dog is crazy. I'm just saying. <laughs> my, my, my pit bull climbs the trees in my yard. Oh, my God. You have to see it. It's actually kind of cool. It's like his pride rock. I'm ruling the yard before I bite something else. <laughs> well, I have to laugh because we did lunch five years ago, and I saw you running for something in the near in the future, and you said, "I can't. I'm too busy." Not sure. <laughs> That's totally what I said. <laughs> uh, no, Carm. I have grandchildren. I have children. I'm I'm busy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. That yep. is that is completely what I said. And yep. um, deny, deny, deny. <laughs> I don't know. I I think it was a timing thing, and my grown children we're all in position they all have positioned themselves of really taking care of their own lives so you don't need to be anybody but you now and i'm learning you know that um it's kind of it's kind of interesting you know to have time alone to be able to reflect mm-hmm. but also you know with campaigning and studying things i study things i'm i am not talking about going to a position half 
half at it. I mean, I I take it seriously. So I'm always in front of somebody picking their brain for, you know, the, the problems we need to solve, the things with affordable housing, the things with, you know, our public safety issues. And, you know, in HD 17, where I live, they just plain disrespect us. <laughs> just not cool with the way we get treated by media and, and, and often um, officials and bureaucrats because we really kind of have this thing happening where we're not represented, so we're not thought of well. Well, and I think with your energy and your passion, I think you're going to shift that, to be honest. I feel that coming. Um, I was going to ask you just a question. I wanted to know what kind of advice you'd give to somebody who has lost their love of their life since we're on Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. What would be your advice to a widow or a widower? Go to grief counseling right now. Amen on that one. Her, no, no, no. So, so grief counseling is different. Now, I told y'all, I'm I'm a professional go to therapy person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> this was different. This was different. In our society, we teach people the things we say when someone dies are the exact opposite of what the person in front of us needs. The exact opposite. They need to talk about We make grief worse. Mm -hmm. We make grief unsafe to relate about. Mm -hmm. We don't give anyone safe space for their anger or their sadness. We don't even give people room to be okay. We don't give it. No, no. We treat people like when someone dies... It's time for your whole life to fall apart. Well, it's. I think people are afraid to talk about death because yeah. that means they're going to die someday soon. Mm-hmm. And the more we can embrace death and not fear it anymore, the more we will grow and also support the people who are, are grieving. Yes. They have to admit when you're grieving, someone doesn't want to talk about, oh, I might upset them. It's really what they might have upset themselves by talking about Real talk, right. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and really, that's most of what happened. What I experienced in that room, that encounter with God, I don't know what that did to me, but I'll have people that go, how are you? Oh. And I go, I'm good. Yeah. And they go, how are you really? Tell us. Yeah. And I'm going, I don't know how to explain to you I have become clear that there is a heaven, very clear, and that it is beautiful, mm-hmm. and that it is wonderful, and that it is peaceful, and that it doesn't hurt there. I've become convinced, convinced, and so while I'm not trying to rush there, and right. I ain't trying to take no shortcuts to get there, it's okay. I I'm okay about that, and him going there. Mm-hmm. It seems kind of wonderful, actually. So um, the other thing is the grief counseling taught me how to be for real about how I feel. So if I have a day, like our wedding anniversary, I'm going to tell you all the truth. I laid in bed all day. Good for you. I did. Good for you. I I laid in bed all day, and I watched... The, the most stupid movies you've ever you've ever looked at <laughs> because I was kind of trying to be like okay I'm gonna lay here and be somewhat sad today because that's how I feel yeah my You're energy, honoring yourself my energy's not together but 
I don't want to fall into like a complete depression. So here I am trying to watch funny movies. And everyone, I just, I could not make a good choice to save my life on a funny movie. That that would be like, what is really happening? <laughs> I would change the movie and watch something else. But I laid in bed all day. I did nothing. My, um, my sweet roommate brought me something to eat. And I got up the next day. And I was kind of ready to get back to work. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, you see me around town and I'm talking about this and and I'm cool. You know, but you might see me in a coffee shop and I'm talking about this and I'm screaming, I'm crying, and stunt is flying. And you know what? If you are uncomfortable, then leave my presence because I'm going <laughs> to feel what I feel every single day. You honor yourself. You're honoring yourself when I you're have allowing to. it. And how I feel, you know. I have other days. I f I'm, I'm walking around like, I had this dude who just lived trying to make things good for me. I once looked at a picture. This picture was by this artist, um, Keith Mallett. And I, um, I had one of the pictures. It was a limited edition print, and I bought it a million years ago, and it kind of grew in value, and I was right. I'm proud of it. It hangs in my house. And, I w and it's, it's these women, and it's generations, and it, they're holding a baby mm. like this, and you can see the mom, and then you can see grandma, and then you can see great-grandma. And I just think it's a beautiful picture. And I remember casually mentioning... I wish I could have this counterpart that had the map. Because mm. I saw it in the magazine and right. forgot about it. What do you think was under the Christmas tree? Oh, he got Signed you. by the artist. He was a thoughtful man. I literally cried on Christmas Day. I was so excited mm. that he'd paid attention to that. Wow. You know what I mean? I do understand that. And I almost ruined it being stupid. <laughs> Let's be for real, for real. So, I, for some of y'all ladies out there, y'all ruining stuff with good people. Well, you know, I, I, I think we're going to wrap up, but I'm going to tell you something. I feel like what you've shared today has been so intimate and so beautiful. And I hope people listen to this podcast uh, because you really shared so much on... Um, the power of understanding of not controlling people. Yeah. You know, understanding that what part of me caused this. Right. Your ego was not involved and in how you fixed something that could have gone awry. And you had the most beautiful marriage from that. Yeah. I mean. Um, power of love, baby. And see, that's, that's the real thing. That's, that's the love. We think of love as affection. And it mm -hmm. is. It is, but it isn't all. We think of love as what we'll get. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know that we think enough of love as the gift we give by letting others be who they are. That's beautiful. It's true. Acceptance. Mm -hmm. um, I just have to say thank you so much. I mean, your, your soulful story um, has... Uh, I could cry. I'm trying not to because I don't do that. We're not allowed to cry in my family when I was growing up. Oh. oh, it's okay. I do cry now and then. But when I do, it's kind of the ugly cry. So <laughs> it's not pretty. But I will tell you, um, on a day like today, I'm just so glad that we got to connect in our energy. Yeah. And um, maybe is there any shout out you want to give today? Because there's something going on big today there is. in the love field. 
Hi, Colleen. So, um, Family Flavors of Slide, where we're shooting today, is doing a Give in the Name of Love Community Cleanup Day, and that's going to be at 3 o'clock down in Dorchester Park. And so it's part of the Homeless Not mm-hmm. Hopeless campaign <coughs> that the station is doing. And then a lot of people are just giving to be able oh, to help. Let's hold that up. Oh, okay, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. They're looking for donations, so you can tell a little bit more on I that. Can, I can. Um, we're inviting people to give in the name of love. It's a collaborative effort, and they there's a QR code that you can scan uh, to you know look for a chance to sponsor. I, by the way, I sponsored, and I was it made me feel really good because the last one we went to Dorchester and we just interacted with these folks going through all of this stuff. The people that we call lost or forgotten, or you know, some of us in the community, you know, we call worthless and all of those other things, and. I don't know that any of us is worth less. It's true. I don't, you know, no matter what we're going through, and I am glad that to take this day to um, just be able to give out some messages of worth to people who may not receive much of that. Where can they go on the Internet to be able to um, pay or put a donation in for this today? Can you, can you help me guys with this? Do they need to see the QR code? Um, or They can scan the QR code, or they could just search for us on any major platform. We're on Venmo, PayPal, Zelle, Chime. What Family Slack. Flavors the Slide. Um, most of them are listed under the slide WBN. Yeah, Slide World Broadcast uh, Network. Venmo and PayPal are going to be the whole name. Family Flavors the Slide WBN. Okay, so you guys, you feeling like a little love today? Give a little love in your pocketbook because it'll help others know that they're going to share in the love because some people are very forgotten in this time and don't have that loved one. And consider this. Stop with the blame already. Maybe it's not everybody else's fault. And even if it is their fault, responsibility always belongs to us. If we walk into a problem, even if someone mm-hmm. else caused it, right, the responsibility on us is, are we going to react in a way that makes the problem worse or makes it better? We are all connected. Right. And even the people you see on the streets, we all have the connection. We're tentacles of each other. Right. And so when one hurts, we all have a feeling, a little feeling of it, too. Mm-hmm. So even in, in being in politics, I know this is strange for other people, but... I don't feel particularly competitive about it. I feel that I have things to present to the community, mm-hmm. and I am hoping that our relationships can become better. Amen on that one. And I'm out to foster ways to do that and to bring it into lawmaking. And I know that it's an unusual approach, but I'm convinced that it's the approach that will work because it's what we haven't tried. We haven't been for real and good to one another in a while, and we mm-hmm. need to fix that. Well, the division in this country right now, it's its not good. And if we can come to the center and see each other for who we are as souls and spirits, mm-hmm. and that we're all made up of um, the same, we just have to know everybody's had a different journey. And yeah. I appreciate, and thank you for your sharing your journey today. I just, I can't tell you enough that I really appreciate you allowing me to come into your space and do this podcast. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad that you came. I'm, I'm kind of glad to um, 
put words to it and be able to share it because it's really been very transformative. And, you know, when you want to transform a region, I guess you have to start with yourself. You do. (laughs) That's what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, I guess we'll sign off and thank you again. Thank you for coming and for being so patient. Yay! Okay.